Hey guys, it's Nick here with a very special Thanksgiving episode that we promised you. And what makes it special is that our guests this week were the two and only hosts of, I guess, what would be a competitive podcast, but we've decided, you know what, keep your enemies closer. Esther Pavitsky and Caroline Goldfarb of Glowing Up. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk. And I'm Annie Kriegbaum. And I'm Esther Pavitsky. And I'm Caroline Goldfarb. What's going on? I listen to Eyewitness Beauty every week. I look forward to it. It soothes me. I love this show so much. For me, it's more of a lust thing. Like I'm just really physically attracted to the two of you and it's impossible for me to stay away. So (laughs) that's why I'm here. (laughs) Before we get to top stories... The first thing we do is a little banter, and because Thanksgiving will have happened yesterday, I wanted to know what you guys are doing for Thanksgiving. Um, nothing, because we're responsible-ass citizens, Nick. Like, my ass is going to be sitting at home, mask on, alone, in my own home. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's good. And you're, so like, not sticking even, like, Q-tips a, not up even your nose, pod. even though you're not even testing that's for COVID. That's right. I'm just doing phantom tests to prep me for that next test. What am I going to cook though maybe you know my big i'm really into making homemade sushi i really Really? like doing yep you go to get sashimi grade fish i go to fish king in glendale you make a rice in your rice cooker at home throw what you want on it that would be like a really fun thanksgiving dinner for me and my boyfriend who are going to be quarantining alone i like that i love that's cool did you take a class or how did you learn how to do that Everything's I, on YouTube, Nick. Wake up. True, true, true. Wake up, sheeple. I took, to be fair, I took a class. I took a Zoom class earlier in quarantine on how to make a, make sushi at home, and it was a game changer. And it's it, – I'm – as many people know, I'm terrible at cooking. I can make it, and it tastes good, so it's actually very easy. It's, it's impossible to fuck up. You just need to get good fish, make sure you have the right kind of rice, like a bamboo rolling mat and seaweed sheets. To be fair, that did sound hard to f- that. No, but I guess Amazon, up, but- right? Yeah, yeah. And it's such a fun, like tactile experience, and you can like put whatever toppings you want on it. It's and great. it's easy. To, it's easy to make the rice sushi rice. Like it's just a combination of rice, wine vinegar, sugar, and salt, and then it has right. that nice like sushi rice taste. Do you guys know about this email list? It's like the supreme. Uh, I feel like I compare everything to supreme. It's the supreme of fish. <laughs> of fishmongers it's How called May- know, it's Caroline? called mayday um i'm humiliated that i don't know about this as a fishfluencer okay Tell me more. so there is it's a i don't even know what the story is behind it jen brill a uh, friend of mine from new york who just moved to la who like always knows like the cool f- stuff told me about it basically you get on this email list and once a week they send you a list of like what's fresh f- from the entire country and like but they're also very respectful to like seasons of things so like now we're out of salmon season so they won't have salmon you basically place an order you venmo them and they have three drop-offs throughout la on the east side in west hollywood and on the west side and you place the order by like you know midnight on tuesday and on thursday or friday you pick up your fish and you can get like everything like sushi grade everything and the quality is amazing I've never seen a gay man so passionate about fish. Yeah, I love I love a good <laughs> piece of fresh fish. That sounds really good. Yeah. Esther, what are you making? So I'm going to spend Thanksgiving alone with my partner. My they, We've been together eight years, engaged for two, no plans of marriage, don't know what to call him. 
But we have decided that we're going to go. Yeah. (laughs) That would be the correct term. (laughs) It's just for two years of that. It just gets with no end in sight. Like you got to just, you got to adapt. We have decided we're going to go to Air One because they're open on Thanksgiving. And Air One is like the overpriced, super fancy LA grocery store. But they have really high quality, like hot bar foods. So we're going to go to Air One and each make get like a little plate of like mashed potatoes, you know, whatever kind of Thanksgiving offerings they have. And then we'll, it'll be a very normal day for us. And Thanksgiving is not typically a holiday I end up spending with my family anyway. So, you know, it'll be nice to just take a walk, play on my tablet, look at my mint growing in my backyard. Like it'll be chill. How about you guys? What are you doing, Annie? My business partner and her husband, who are also two of my best friends in my like little COVID pod, they have a place upstate. So I'm driving up to spend the day with them. I'm in charge of biscuits. I'm making BA's best. I know they're canceled, but they do have a really good biscuit recipe. Who's canceled? Bon Appetit. Uh, bon Appetit. Oh, I just renewed my subscription. Am I a bad person? Oh, no, because it. they have a new editor, right? Who is going to like write the ship, I think. We'll see. Yeah. And then I invented this thing called tomato bacon jam, which is like two ingredients, tomato, canned tomatoes and bacon. And you basically like just let it cook and it goes with the biscuits. And then I'm doing cranberry sauce and one other thing that I can't remember. Oh, green bean casserole i blacked out mm. after you said biscuits biscuits are such a trigger food for me like and annie's you know, biscuits are insane and this jam i know it sounds weird but oh yeah like, nick you had it yeah it was amazing it's amazing basically you render the fat from like fresh bacon that you can get at whole foods and then with that like oil you basically roast the tomatoes and you like wow. then, and then you it condense all- it down and down and down and down and then it becomes a jam it's wow. so good. You yeah. don't even you don't add salt, nothing. It's just literally two ingredients. I I just like came my pants. I don't know what you want me to say. It sounds so good. Caroline, you're gonna have to go to the bathroom and wipe yourself off. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need a a, a wipe up break. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're not on glowing up. We can't <laughs> talk like this. No, you Esther. can. You can. <laughs> we're not allowed to. I, I said it was a this safe is- space. I am I don't know if this is like, I think it is probably controversial. Today, we're recording this on Wednesday, is my birthday. So just to like have a change of scenery. Woo! Um, <laughs> ah, you. your birthday! Um, we're going to Ojai to stay in a hotel. Is that, is that cancelable? <laughs> it's pronounced Ojai, by the way. <laughs> yes. Just, sorry, I don't want to embarrass you or anything. <laughs> yes, Ojai. Um, <laughs> we are, yeah, we're going to Ojai for a few days just to literally change the room that we're in. Of course, so good. And yeah, because we're not, you know, we've been disinvited from any family or sort of extended family functions because we're, you know, young people who are, you know, transmitting the virus. And so proud yeah. of it, baby. <laughs> Yeah, we're like we're carriers. I just like how with hashtag COVID, super spreaders, like everyone is so suspicious of everyone else. You know, like other oh, pictures yeah. of my my parents who are in their seventies. They live in New York, upstate New York, on their back porch, wearing like winter down jackets, blankets, and then like their best friends, another another couple in their seventies, wearing winter down jackets and blankets. I'm like, guys, you don't. Neither of you guys have COVID. Go inside. Like, they're so suspicious of each other. Like, everyone is as anxious as you are about COVID that you're with. You can go inside, but they won't. Are you guys on any family text threads with people, like, snitching on each other 
okay, so we were going to have a big family Thanksgiving. And then there was this like shady family text where someone found a picture of one of the guests' babies tagged in like a baby gathering at the park. And it was like, Thanksgiving's canceled. Like, no one's, we're not being fully honest with each other. People are doing baby gatherings. And like, Thanksgiving was canceled over some like Instagram snitching. Really? Mm-hmm. Who gave the baby's Instagram? Yeah. Well, the baby was tagged in another Instagram. So they the went to the baby's tagged photos? <laughs> yes, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's real out here. It's real out here. People are nervous. And the thing is that we've all been like, the young people are doing that game of being like, yeah, I've been really careful. I'm going to get tested that day. Where in the back of my head, I've been like licking street poles and like living my damn life. Like I was yeah. like out to dinner like last week. But I was like se- secretly so relieved that the baby took the fall. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's good because you don't, you don't want to be responsible for your parents' death. I feel like ultimately that's what it comes no. down to for well, me. Well, speak is... for yourself. <laughs> uh, Nick, please respect Esther's journey and experience. You want to kill your parents? Or is that what I'm No, hearing? they're just, they're my parents. They're mine to kill. You know, True. like, they're mine. That's your birthright. You're like, it's you my... brought me into this world. I'm going to take you out. My Look, parents, Esther's... my choice. Esther's going to get that $400,000 house in Skokie. You know, oh, is no that how much you she... think it's worth? <laughs> 800? I don't know. I didn't want to offend. But Two, 250? It has a nice basement. I don't know. You know. Is it basement finished? Like, I mean, that adds value. Well, you I know what? Read. We're going to have a broker's open. We're going to have a broker's open and we're going to figure it out. That's what they do on all those real, real estate shows. They have a broker's open. That's the idea. Okay. 100%. I think we should get into top story. <laughs> Let's do it. I don't know if we gave you guys a proper intro. You actually have a beauty podcast, Glowing Up, and you're beauty experts. You are well-known beauty commentators, and you are now going to give your chatter along with our own on this week's top stories. Oh, I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts. Even on this first topic, I'm excited. So this first topic, we touched on it last week, but there still seems to be a lot of mystery and confusion surrounding Drake's candle brand. Mm. And we've tried to do sort of like a chronology. On June 16th, Drake posted an Instagram story of four blue candles sitting on a counter. The text read, at Better World Fragrances, available soon. And then CC OVO Nico, who's a member of Drake's entourage, who's in charge of merchandise. Mm. Then he created this account for Better World Fragrance House. And then... Which sounds shady. Better World Fragrance House sounds like a Yankee Candle subsidiary. Yeah, like an umbrella company. But then there was an episode of Revolve's, I think, podcast. Is that what Revolve U is? This is already, by the way, so Kanye, like, to just try and be getting into everything. It's interesting. Drake! I know it's Drake. It's very, it's giving me Kanye vibes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) It was a YouTube show. On this episode of this YouTube show, they interviewed this fragrance expert from Givadon, which is like one of the premier fragrance houses in the industry. And basically this guy named Michael Carby said that Drake invited him and his team to Toronto where they discussed how writing songs and making fragrances were kind of the same. And then- there was a Revolve product page That's with what I, these I candles. Found this. Right, we found this, but the candles are not out yet. Are they sold out? No, my theory was they actually, they like put the product page live and then mm. they didn't take down this one. And it was like an internet remnant of when the brand was supposed to launch or something. 
Because my hmm. theory is there's another candle company called Better World. And I think, so think that there's a trademark, trademark issue. Yeah. Mm. yeah. When we covered this before, part of the story was he like sent all of his Toronto Raptors basketball friends candles when they were playing in the bubble over the summer. And we were like laughing because how cute is it that Drake was at home like making candles in his kitchen for his friends. He's like Burt's Bees up in this bitch. <laughs> like. It's so unfair how much guys get credit, though, for just doing, like, one gentle thing. Well, he has he has a whisk. He has, like, a cognac. He has, like, some kind of a dr- alcohol. He, of course, has the clothing line. I mean, Drake's definitely diversifying. I do want to say one thing, though. The candle and OVO connection is strong. I can give you guys some insider. Yes. An insider anecdote. Please. At the OVO store in Los Angeles, look, I went through a hype beast phase. I'm not afraid to admit it. I... Went to the OVO store. I was very excited about it. I bought a jacket. And they were burning one candle there. And I'll never forget this. They had multiple of these candles burning. The whole store smelled like this. I remember asking the person at the register, like, what's the deal? Why does it smell so good? He's like, because we only burn, this is Drake's favorite candle, Diptyque Bay. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. B-I-B-A-I-E-S. And he's like, this is Drake's favorite candle. We burn it in all the stores. Drake says the stores have to smell like this. So I can tell you guys. This is, you know, secondhand that Drake likes his smells. And at the very least, he likes the famous. I don't know exactly what Bay is supposed to smell like, but I do like this berries, candle. Berries, right? Yeah, it's Did like I berries. Make that up? No, no, I think you're right. That, uh, that's like a really something. good piece of information. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. And I, I, I feel like what has also gotten a lot of hype is the names of these candles, because I guess one of them. Williamsburg sleepover is like an allusion to someone he slept with, right? Yeah, like a model he was having a little. Oh, he's always dropping clues about girls he slept (laughs) with. Like, we get it. You fuck Drake, (laughs) but um, he's a very sensual, earthly guy. Like, he's always wearing like thick cable knit sweaters, and like his beard is just so like you know he smells good. He's a Jew. He's a Jew. He's Sandy very Graham. Jewish. Sandy Graham raised – she raised a good-smelling man. And I just feel like, yeah, in terms of celebrities and products, like it's kind of a perfect thing for Drake, a sort of sweet, sensual singer, rapper, to mm. make a sweet, sensual candle. I, I will like say that. there's something weird, though, about celebrities releasing candles. It, I, I kind of trust my established candle houses to make my candles – you got to trust where you're getting your candle. Like Kylie, like I would never buy a Kylie Jenner candle. I don't know where that came from. What's, you know, who made you? It's like made who out made of formaldehyde. Yeah. Totally. But here's, I feel like the the trick to it is if the celebrity teams up with an expert, like that's when I get really intrigued. Yes. They yeah, can handpick so a hot, hot expert. I'd rather see and a then, celebrity candle collaboration rather than a celebrity candle mm, standalone line, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's this what Gwyneth I mean, did yeah. with Heretic, right? Oh, right. That's true. And then that, that was, was good. And that was, have you guys smelled the vagina candle? I haven't. I smelled the orgasm one. It's very strong for me. Hmm. I mean, very I know strong. that, I know that natural candles with like essential oils, which I think is what Gwyneth, like the goop stuff is all natural doesn't uh they call it throw like it doesn't fill a room as much as like a diptyque candle that's made of petroleum byproducts like it actually affects how far it can travel wow i love candle science why didn't i minor in like candle (laughs) phrenology or something this is amazing 
speaking of celebrities launching beauty <gasps> brands. Oh my God. This next person has been on Glowing Up. And it's one no. of the best. What? Yes. She was on an episode of Alone Together. And I literally was so nervous to meet her. When I met her, I like hit my head on a lamp and it was like a whole thing. And we got her on Glowing Up. Well, tell us who it is. Yeah, so tell, tell, tell the readers. Take us, yeah, take us. Carmen Electra. First of all, how did you get <laughs> Carmen Electra on your podcast? So she did an episode of my show alone together. She was nice enough to guest star on the show. And then through that, I was like, oh my God, I would love to have you. I mean, she wowed me in person and to every degree possible first of all she looked incredible Un- like believable. yeah really don't you just Body, does not skip a beat hair but yes face tiny so she very tiny makeup Stunning. she just was so pretty so fit like you're she's just the girl that you see in person you're like i just need i will buy whatever you tell me to so we had her on glowing up and and by the way also amazing personality so so nice so down to earth you know when she was on our show she was a little cagey like it was hard to kind of get her to give us any talk about prince's penis i was like yeah and no detail is too small but she was also like giving in her own way and like told us Mm -hmm. some really special stories about like being a backup dancer and how prince discovered her and like took her in the back of the purple limo like she dropped some really cool ass stories she's very warm like you you can tell that her looks obviously are insane but there's a warmth to her that just adds to the package and fun fact down to earth yes yeah Fun fact, my fiancé, I'll call him that now, he used to work in late night TV like back when TV was actually, you know, like a thing. And he told me that he learned from producers that the only two guests who actually moved the needle in a significant way for ratings and late night TV was Pam Anderson and Carmen Electra. That's so Iconic. interesting. Because, you know, know. When, back in the day with Into the Gloss, the number one most read story was Dita Von Teese. Oh, and what's funny and how I connect the three of them is I think that like you're either a fan and you are obsessed with Pam Anderson Mm. and Carmen Electra and like that sort of vibe or you don't Mm. care at all. But if you're obsessed, you're reading every single piece of news and getting every magazine that like comes out with that person. Because well, I don't know how else you would explain. Like we had yeah. big, other big celebrities that wouldn't do anything. Well, you wow. know, I think that these women are the Marilyn Monroes of our time. Yeah. yeah. There are these larger than life female figures that come to be this like catch all symbol for like femininity, like yes. evolving through the times. Like men love them. Women want to be them. Like they kind of transcend their like names. They're timeless. will live on. And it, yeah. yeah, they're timeless. They're, they're, they're timeless figures of beauty. Like for real, for real. Did she say anything? Did she allude to her skincare brand? This was years no. ago. Oh, okay, okay. No, she didn't. My, my question is, though, and I'm curious, who who's like the Carmen Electra and Pam Anderson of right now? Is it like Hailey Bieber or something? Nick and I were trying to we figure trying this out. To, we, yeah. we landed on Bella Hadid. Ugh. What? So I don't know. Just like rich kid plastic surgery. I don't know. I know we they all Well, are. you know, okay, so then how about Devin Lee Carlson? Why am I blanking? She's like in the <laughs> Bell. She's in the Bella Hadid squad. She makes those uh, iPhone cases called Wildflower cases. Yes, those are cute. Ugh. But she, she rich- she's also just like the biggest influencer of the what Instagram generation, yeah. like young. We were, we were like saying, you know how there was Kate Moss, and there were these like I, she would like wear those boots at Glastonbury, and then like everyone would be wearing those boots. You rain know, boots in, when it wasn't those rain boots. 
But right. like who who is like the person who gets papped and everyone is like trying to get like is there is there that does that exist Rada. anymore? Emrata I, I would yeah. give it to Emrata maybe over a I'm not yeah, I don't think Hadid's I don't think it's the Hadids. I really don't. Cause like the Hadids I don't what think can you guys tell are me about obsessed. Yeah, guys are not obsessed with them. It has to be right? someone with really big boobs. Emrata. I do think that is kind of important. Yeah, and that is kind I'm... of the through line with but, Dita but and Pam and Carmen. <laughs> Who are some of the biggest jugs in Hollywood today <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2020? <laughs> Katy Perry. True. No, come on now. Okay, okay. So Carmen Electra Skincare Line called <laughs> Go Go Skin it is launching with a moisturizer, an eye cream, and serum. Vegan, cruelty-free. We know Carmen Electra is all about that. And mm. interestingly enough, you can get the trio of products for 150 bucks, or you can pay 99.95 for a yearly subscription. I love yearly uh, subscription. I love. I like how she's saying it's a skincare system. I love a system or anything oh that God. takes the guesswork out of it. Like, there was a brand called Psalm Institute that I used to be obsessed with. Oh, yeah. What happened to them? I don't know. But like, I love that they basically <gasps> said, if you the use past. these four products in a row twice a day, like your skin will be perfect. And it what for six months it was. Wow. And then my skin freaked out. Skincare system is very like QVC, MLM, like Rodan <laughs> and Fields. Yeah. Like the word system kind of creeps me out a little bit. So you're not going to buy it. I'm curious to see how yeah. hands-on she is with it because – Based on her appearance, like, I feel like she's someone that I would trust in this area. But I guess you just never know how hands-on they are. But she's so pretty. I draw the line personally, like, in all seriousness. I draw the line at celebrity skincare. I really want to leave my skincare to the experts. This is kind of a candle mentality for me. The established brands, like, I don't trust a celebrity to be, what are they, in the freaking kitchen formulating? Like, no thank you. It doesn't move me. It doesn't behoove me to go buy a celebrity skin. There's nothing that moves me about it. It's funny you should say that because there's two stories that came out this week that are in the same vein. Like New York Times did a story that the headline is like, it's official. Every celeb has a beauty brand. And then this company, I don't know if, do you guys, have you guys heard of Volition Beauty? No. No. Us neither. But they just. Like, I think they take their ideas from like survey, like Instagram surveys that they do. What? And yeah, they and then they like, make the product that people say they want. But they just signed a deal with NBC Universal to co-create products with like talent from the NBC universe. And Which one is of the- like E USA wow. Bravo. It's it's everyone. It's oh everyone God, is world, anyone. Yeah. The world is collapsing on itself. Yeah. The quote from this glossy article about this NBC Universal deal, which to your point, Caroline, I think is very funny. This woman, who, Brandy Hoffman, who's Volition Beauty's co-founder and COO, says in the past you had to be a dermatologist or have a certain high profile to launch a brand. What we're seeing now is that there's an opportunity for different types of people to create products, which I don't, that's not like giving me any like faith in the fact that these like, products are decent. When I go for skincare, I go for skincare that's like, this is a tried and true cult classic. Millions of women around the world have used this for years. I'm not going for like, Rihanna slapped her name. Like I'm not looking yeah. for skincare branding necessarily. Yeah. You, skincare. Does, does makeup is, is a different it, story. Oh, Makeup's a totally ask. different story. Makeup is fun. It's flirty. Agree. It's not like gonna compromise my skin barrier health for the most part. Like I'm in it for the packaging. I'm in it for the curb appeal. You know, 
it's such a different game between skincare. I mean, I'm hard pressed to think of like one recent celebrity skincare launch that people have been like, this product is actually amazing. Like this is the real deal. I mean. What if someone who had really good, was known for having really good skin and was like kind of a skin nerd and they were a celebrity and they like explained to you that the ingredients, like would that change it for you or no? So okay, okay, so Pharrell. Pharrell. That's a How great do you guys point. feel about that? I mean, his line launched today. We're recording this. His line, Human Race, launched today. It's like a, what, three-step system? Yep. Yep. Um, and he's all about the exfoliation, which, you know, I do appreciate that Pharrell has at least, like, gone on the record and talked about his skincare in a public way and, like, does have tips. I think the Pharrell skin line's more maybe for, like, a dude who's just mm. wants to, like, dip their toe in the world of skincare. And like you said, Nick, it's a system. It's, like, a three-step thing. The packaging is beautiful. Pharrell's just cool, like, straight up. And he does have incredible skin. And if you see those, like, side-by-side memes of him from 25 years ago or whatever, when he first got on the scene, he looks the exact same. So, like, exactly. I do believe that this is not a cash grab for him somehow. Maybe wow. I'm maybe I'm naive, but like I kind of think that he had been asked he had been asked so many times like what he was using and like what mm-hmm. are his secrets and it's probably genetics, but like maybe there I know. is some It's always genetics. Yeah, maybe there are some products that he's using. It's funny, one of my friends who I haven't talked to in a few months texted me this morning being like, do I need to buy? And he's not a skincare person. He's not in the beauty industry. He's like, do I need to buy human race? So I think it, I think that could maybe do well because he's kind of the right person to like get a straight dude to totally. buy skincare. Like totally. the packaging and is really cool too. It's special and fresh. And, and yeah, I, sorry, go ahead. No, please. Sorry. Go ahead, Esther. No, I was, I was just going to say that Nick, I, I just want to piggyback off what you said, like, or highlight it. It's like, it all comes down to does this feel like a cash grab or does this feel natural and warranted and honest and like they're genuinely behind it? And I think it doesn't matter what the product is, but it matters like that question, like which one is it? Yeah. And you know, Pharrell like works with the best of the best and is this international guy and like his wife is this like beautiful Japanese queen and like you just trust that he has tried products from all around the world has like amazing creative people. And in my mind, there's like scientists, international scientists working in a lab on this. I think it's a dermatologist in Long Island City, but close. (laughs) Yeah, no, fair enough. But let me have my fantasy. Yeah. This was another story that we talked about last week that three makes a trend like John Fairchild, who was the editor of Women's Wear Daily, always said that if you see something on the runway three times, then it's officially a trend. So this is something we've been wanting to talk about, but finally three of them happened. So it is a trend. This idea of beauty brands linking themselves to mental health. Hmm. And I would, I'd love to like, it's not as much of a news story as it is. Like I'd love to sort of see whether, how you guys react to it. So Alicia Keys has Keys Soul Care and there is Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez has Rare Beauty. And then there's a new brand called Self Made, which is it's beselfmade.co and they right now they have one product and it's called secure attachment Mm. and it says oh my god for true bonding and healthy boundaries (laughs) your multi-use hydrating skincare soothing self-care and priming supercharger god what you just described the self-made serum sounds like a parody of itself no yeah calling it secure attachment i'm just (laughs) like that is that a fucking joke like no offense but I don't know. It, I get it. Like mental health is so it's great. People are talking about it. But I also think for me, I really like 
like it to feel a little more organic and hearing about someone's experience rather than just naming a product like a hot word in therapy. I don't know. What do you guys think? We're just banding about these buzzwords related to mental health and it feels so shallow. It feels like a marketing ploy. It's like we talked about this on an episode that has not aired yet on Glowing Up with the founder of Uoma Beauty, Sharon Shooter, about how so many brand founders and brands throw around like these phrases that are so important, but they become these like commodified, you know, commercialized terms like self-love or like empowering beauty. And like you just see brands co-opting this language and it's they're becoming meaningless. And like, I don't. Yeah, they're not. It doesn't mean anything. Well, it's just, you know what? You know what? What grosses me out about it? It's like, oh, so I if I wear this face oil, I'll have a secure attachment. Like that's that's what at the end of the day. It's trying to get you to buy a product, which is we all know, like consumerism is not the key to happiness. It's like so ironic and like. It's so, uh, it's, it's, it's one thing disgusting. to sell me, it, no, it's one thing to sell me a lipstick that's called like Honolulu honey and right. Like I buy it and I like it to feel like I'm in Hawaii. Like, fine. That's my fucking problem. But like to label it like secure attachment, especially as someone who is clearly anxious attachment disordered, I'm just not, not a fan. What about, now what it's about, become personal. <laughs> what about Selena Gomez rare beauty? My take is I know it's, good that we're bringing awareness to Mm -hmm. mental health struggles. A lot of people have them, myself included. It somehow strikes me as a little dangerous to like have a brand that has one post that says liquid touch weightless foundation available in 48 weightless shades, breathable from medium to darker coverage formula melts into skin to look and feel like you. And then the next post is how to talk about mental health. It's like, whiplash and it just seems like is a is a beauty brand maybe and maybe i'm wrong but is a beauty brand the right person to be spreading mental health awareness and to be (sighs) offering resources no and on that on that same vein like i this is like maybe taking it in a slightly different direction but this afterpay service now for these purchases Where it's like so true these these like young adults are being marketed to in this way where it's like uh, that it feels like important and genuine like self-care whatever whatever but then the way that they buy like you're you mentioned Caroline this like endless consumerism for these things that they don't really need but they're told that they need to make their life better in other ways and by the way here's you don't really have the money to afford this $50 serum but you can pay for it in four installments if you like sign up for this credit program like with one click yeah it's just it it's really is icky feeling to and they're me. not saying like they're not being as bold as to say buying this lipstick will make you happier but they're literally saying buy this lipstick in one post and here's how to become happier the next post and there is they're conflating yeah. two very diametrically opposed mm. ideas that are kind of dangerous when combined you know like consumerism and like the endless uh need to keep buying and like keep buying makeup in a world where let's be honest everyone probably has enough makeup and like equating that with yeah the journey to mental health it's all it's a bit distasteful. I agree. That being said, I, buy my calendar. No. <laughs> I agree, but I, I also want like to play devil's advocate. Like, it's is there anything to the fact that like, well, this is Selena Gomez. This is obviously a beauty brand with a huge following. So they're just kind of like using their platform to spread mental health awareness. I mean, of course, now I'm looking at the self-made website, by the way, and this product looks really good. I just don't <laughs> like the name of it. Um 
So I feel like a jerk. Yeah, no, I think it's a little mischievous, mischievous rather, to use a beauty brand platform to spread mental health awareness mm-hmm. just because like mm. they're giving equal space to a weightless, breathable foundation and like mental health resources. Like I will say, like from a genuine consumer standpoint, I am like a lukewarm fan of the brand, the clothing brand Mad Happy because they did like a really cool collab with Apple Pan, this burger restaurant in LA. And so I started following them and they recently started doing like this whole mental health campaign on Instagram. And it, I did find myself really frustrated by it. Like, why am I watching like young, hot teens talk about like what's their mental health advice? for? I don't know. There was something about it, like in collab with a fashion brand that did make me not, it made me not like the brand as much. Yeah, it's marketing. It's using mental health as like a way in to market. And, you know, it certainly hasn't helped me feel less anxious or less alone to see like Lucky Blue Smith feeling anxious and alone. Yeah. I just don't want to hear hot people ever (laughs) address the topic of mental health. I don't care. Thank you. Thank you. I I, I 100% respect their struggle if they've had them. And I'm not, you know, delegitimizing their personal experiences. But it affects my mental health to hear hot people talk about how hard they have it. I don't want to hear it. It's not appropriate. Keep it to yourself. Let's go on with our days. On that note. We- and that's that on that. <laughs> Let's go on to our next story. So, okay. Everybody here got excited about the vitamin story. So I don't know anything about Smarty Pants. So can somebody explain? Smarty pants are like. <laughs> well, first, let's welcome the pre- world's preeminent smarty pants scholar, <laughs> Dr. Esther Pavitsky, to the show. Smarty pants are like kind of the the number one go to fancy brand for gummy vitamins. They have all sorts of varieties, you know, for women, for men, for prenatal. They they have a bunch of stuff, and they they actually are pretty good. I buy them on Thrive Market. Or Whole Foods, they're good, right? They also like, have guys- them at Costco, which is Thank a you. huge flex to get vitamins at Costco. I'm a big believer in that. Are they gummies? Are they all gummy yes. vitamins? Yes. Yeah. Which is the we idea all know there, is- like, is it more soluble? Is it like better absorption with a gummy, or is it just because it's like you get to eat? Uh- I totally. thought they were ki- for kids, to be honest. They're, they're not for kids. You sit back down. Um, they're, no, I honestly think there's nothing to do with absorption or any technology. It's just like, oh, so you don't Look, have to swallow a pill. Nick, there's a cartoon of an owl with glasses on the label. I don't know what to tell you. If that doesn't give you all the confidence you need in a product, you know, what did a cartoon owl wearing glasses lead you wrong? No, it is pretty funny. Not. They're like, we have to like have people like know that we're like legitimate developers of these like vitamins that are going to make them healthy and they're like what should we call it <laughs> like smarty pants of course i know i'm like and what know. what what would really like symbolize like you know knowledge oh an, an owl wisdom yeah <laughs> um so unilever acquired smarty pants wow. vitamins this is one of many acquisitions that unilever has made in the last few years Last year, they acquired a brand called Liquid IV, which makes electrolyte drink mixes, which are like hydrating drink. Like People a, love like them hydrating. on TikTok. Really? They like Liquid IV or just electrolyte mixes? Liquid IV. I've seen a lot on TikTok recently. It's like a coconut. Well, I don't know. Actually it's a great it name. I mean, it's a great, it's a great name. Also sold at Costco. No big deal. Yeah, I think, I think that's to me, Liquid IV sounds like a great name. Like there's that Liquid Death drink brand that just got bought by like coca-cola 
Let me, they did? Let me fact check Whoa. that. Yeah. Esther, is that true? Esther works with them sometimes. Well, I, they sometimes. Did you get a cut of that, Esther? No. <laughs> <laughs> I get about 10%. I get 10 cents. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. They, I, they just raised $9 million. Oh, okay, They didn't okay. sell? Uh, Close not yet. No. But their, wow. their, whole, their whole angle was murder your thirst. It's a great, it's such a great brand. I think they yeah. have the most amazing marketing. I, I love I, I'm it. Crazy about them. What Esther? What I, do you do with them? So I just like for my solo podcast, Esther Club. It's like too small of a show to get real ads. So what I do is I'll just like find things I love and reach out to brands. And so Liquid Death was one of them because I just thought like I've never had alcohol, so I loved like holding a scary can and looking like I was drinking something funny, but it's literally just sparkling water or flat water. So I just reached out to them and like have a discount code for my podcast. And that's kind of it. Esther technically has to pay them to use <laughs> their name on the show. But it's, a, it's a good deal all around. Um, I Look, as someone who's dipping their toe into the CPG D2C food space, getting bought by a big, as you guys worded it, Anglo-Dutch consumer giant such as Unilever – you know, that's the dream, baby. And I yeah. I have to say, as an entrepreneur, I love to see a company sell out, take the check, and ride off into the sunset. Speaking of which, we didn't really give enough airtime to your brand, Fishwife, which is one of several brands you have. So I was just making sure this was the, the food brand. But it's canned, it's tinned fish. So like tinned anchovies and sardines and tuna. And now, and you're launching salmon, did you say? Nick, try not to sound so disgusted when you talk about my pride and joy. <laughs> no, I love I love tinfish. Nick, you're a Jew. <laughs> you know, you of all people on the show should appreciate. Here's the thing: I'm so passionate about tinfish. I think it is one of the most unsung, uh, underrated food groups out there. It's incredibly healthy. It's incredibly delicious. It's versatile. It's affordable. It's shelf stable. And for those of you that may have traveled to Portugal or Spain, the culture around tinfish is so different than it is here. The cans are beautiful. You crack open a can at happy hour with your friends at a picnic. It's more high end. It's delicious. And I wanted to start a brand that would bring some of that charm, some of that je ne sais quoi of like European conservas culture to, you know, a young consumer who might be tinfish curious, might be a little, you know, interested in dipping their toe in that water. A lot of people are like, oh, my grandma eats sardines. I don't eat those. I'm here to say sardines, mussels, canned salmon, canned tuna are for everyone. They're the quickest, most nutritious meal you can put together, whether you eat it right out of the can with a squeeze of lemon with a fork like an animal, or if you like throw it in a pasta. Follow Fishwife on Instagram for updates. Check out our website, eatfishwife.com. How did you go about like source, like how do you get, how do you break into the tin fish market? Well, the tin fish market and the fish market at large is a really old, sexist, corrupt industry. And as we quickly found through emailing literally hundreds of international canneries and fisheries, you know, it's really, they're not so interested in like, you know, the little guy. We're just this like up and coming female founded startup from Los Angeles who wants to change the tin fish game forever. And we were getting swindled by these like men named Manuel who ran these like 800 year old Portuguese canneries who were like, yes, you beautiful ladies, buy 25,000 cans of sardines and like, we'll make a deal and then I'll fly you to the factory. And like one guy literally like tried to fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're going to have a mix of both domestically sourced wild caught canned products. Like so in on December 2nd, we're launching this domestic canned salmon caught by a fisherwoman in Alaska. It's unbelievable. And this amazing wild caught smoked tuna that's canned by a micro cannery in Oregon. And we're going to mix that with some 
mussels and sardines that we've sourced from this amazing family-owned cannery in Spain. So we are really interested in kind of like pulling together the best of the best from the world's, you know, various fish hubs, so to speak. But canning is really a industry that's all but died in America. There are no sardine canneries left. There canneries are just this kind of like archaic food from the depression. And we really want to kind of bring that back and hopefully bring that art back in a bigger way, especially stateside. I love that. I You said healthy, but to put an even like finer point on it, eating smaller on the food. Well, so for the smaller fish, I know that eating smaller on the food chain with fish means that they're, you know, they're, you're getting the omega-3s, but you're not getting the mercury and all the different things. You're that not you getting can, that metal load. Exactly. Yeah, from like bigger fish. So like it's, it's, they're low fat. They can have some sodium, but they're generally pure like, protein. yeah, it's really good for wow. you. Like a rice bowl, like I just said, or just like plain on a cracker. And just to dig into it a little more on that health aspect, Nick, now you've got me started and I won't stop. Let's talk sardines. More calcium than a glass of milk in a can of sardines. Do you know how hard it is for adults, women? I'm looking at you, Annie and Esther. Our bone density is not getting any denser, I'll say. <laughs> to get calcium, especially if you don't eat dairy like myself, you've got ca- more calcium in sardines than a glass of milk. The omega-3s, like you mentioned, are off the chain. They're high in selenium, all these B vitamins. You can't get healthier than a can of tiny fish. You really can't. Damn. I love that. I, w- I will say that Caroline is since I've known her, just like this creepy fish expert. And I will never forget a day where we had a lunch special in Las Vegas together at a Greek restaurant. And I watched her eat fish eyes and fish brain. They're Um, delicious. She's the real deal in this in this sector. Yeah. In like early quarantine, I got really into an anchovy toast. Because we we had stocked yeah. up on canned goods because we thought, you know, the end was coming and I was I love it. But I was kind of I think you're right. There needs to be a rebranding. We need to get whoever did like pomegranate juice, which is like mm-hmm. sugar, sugar juice to do tin fish. I think there needs to be a tin fish revolution in this country yeah. among young people. We need to get away from cows and and not yeah. and not do fake soy chicken nuggets. We need to eat fish we need to eat different parts of animals that we're already eating like real food have you ever had duck hearts or like i would love to have duck hearts like chicken hearts like skewered and roasted they're incredible liver i hate when my when i hear someone from my generation go oh i don't like liver i don't eat it i'm like well maybe you haven't tried good liver you know homer simpson homer simpson gif walking back into bushes over here (laughs) tongue don't sleep on tongue, oh. ladies and gentlemen. Lengua. Lengua. Annie speaks my language. Annie gets that it. That was Spanish. We're sort of <laughs> like, actually, this is a good intro to our final top news story, which is mm. about social responsibility. And I think, you know, the food industrial complex, the the fish and the meat certainly like asks a lot of questions about that. There's an expose in the AP about palm oil labor and the sort of palm oil industry and how there are all these abuses and even forms of slavery and rape happening in the industry in Malaysia and Indonesia, and that the supply, like the palm oil supply is making its way into some of the biggest brands in the world, like Unilever and L'Oreal and Nestle, Procter and Gamble. It's horrible and it's horrifying. Um, It's also, as a consumer, what it makes me think about is just really making sure you're reading the ingredient label and asking the right questions for to the brands in the comments, et cetera, holding brands responsible because that's how L'Oreal is going to change who they're using, you know, for their palm oil. They're going to have to go, you know, ethically sourced if they get enough pressure. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of like another industry where this is like coffee, you know, like I feel like it's the same thing where there was a whole thing where like now brands are like working with farmers to make sure that like there's like fair labor practices. And so I guess like the beauty industry is getting its own like wave of let's be more ethical in the palm oil front. There are like labels on because palm oil is commonly used in like I want to say nut butters. I'm like yeah. trying to think of that. Yeah, because I feel like in my head, like Artisana or whatever, like those fancier nut butter brands will have a little label that says like contains ethically sourced palm oil. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea to look for that. Totally. I mean, look, it's destroying microclimates. You know, I, I don't know what that means, but I know that bad palm oil is probably destroying monkey microclimates. And I don't want to be a part of that. Final story. I guess that was our final story. But I think we'd be remiss as a beauty podcast if we didn't at least mention the droplet of hair dye that ran down Rudy Giuliani's face during his... Well, Nick, as a beauty expert, you should know that the rumor was that it was mascara. Oh, really? What? 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 That's the rumor I heard that someone used, a makeup artist used mascara last minute before... To cover up some grays or what are we doing with Yeah, to like match with the rest of the hair or something like that. That's what I heard, at least. Let's all pull up the image and kind of do a little... Um... To me, it looks like, you know how sometimes like a hair touch-up product can come in a, with a mascara, in a mascara-like contraption, like with a wand, like yes. to get your roots? I feel like that's probably what I feel like it's used. too watery to be mascara. What, like, I feel like when your mascara runs, it, it's like a little bit flakier, right? That's can I true. give a controversial take? Yeah. Please. I don't care who the person is. I don't like making fun of someone's appearance. I I don't like when people call Trump fat. I don't like... When well, people, he is. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. No, but like, I don't know. I just, I try to really stay out of that. And I don't love the like, the universal making fun of his appearance because... There might be someone who's really great who has that same issue or and is now feeling really super insecure. And I don't know. Again, Esther, to play devil's devil's advocate, like I am not in the business of denigrating or dunking on people's appearance by any means. But when people are like war criminals who are undermining democracy and leading a dangerous cult and spreading misinformation, <sighs> medical misinformation, like – to me, that makes them – it's fair game to comment on his dripping sideburns. And no, I kind of I, – I see where Esther's saying, but I did for this podcast for months. I was like working on a source who was Trump's makeup artist for Celebrity Apprentice. <gasps> because oh. and, and I was basically framing it to this makeup artist as like her civic duty, like as an American to like delegitimize Trump in any way possible. And like yes. by exposing his like dumb – beauty things like that would be like making a joke of him which would be good in that it would cause people to laugh at him and hopefully not vote for him so i like i kind of see i see what esther's saying but i think that in this case when you're dealing with life and death it's okay well that's i mean esther i kind of i agree with you because i feel like there's so many more things to be critical of for this like evil evil like POS um, that we don't. How did you feel about the fly on Mike Pence's head? Like, well, that that was an omen. Was that upsetting? No, that wasn't making fun of his appearance. That was that was an omen from God. But it is making to me. It is. It's like, oh, ha ha! You had a fly on you. Well, it's like, what if 
you're, you know, like you're in eighth grade and like you're giving your presentation a fucking fly lands on your forehead. Like, should everyone in school make fun of you because of but that? Eighth, like, eighth graders aren't like killing people with HIV in the state that they govern. True. But is that like, then why can't we just focus on that? Like, keep repeating the bad things they do and talk about that as opposed to appearance related things. Look, I know I it's not yeah, like the, right. it's not you're the right. most fun take for like Twitter. You can't but meme I'm just it. Really, yeah, no, yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's true. And it's it's kind of like how they always talk about, you know, with female politicians talking about their outfits, you know, how they yeah. would say, oh, this would never happen with men. And we feel like somehow as a society, it's okay to be like, Trump is so fat, you know, like make fat jokes and Giuliani jokes. But you're kind of right that if you want to take appearance out of the equation for female politicians, then you kind of have to do it with everyone. Finally, I can say what's on my mind that Trump's hot. Yeah. I've been holding this inside. <laughs> I've been pretending that I think he's ugly to like fit in with the crowd, but like I'm not afraid to say it. He's a sexy, sexy man. <laughs> no, they're monsters, and you know, I yeah, of course. We get it, Esther. And on the and no. on the flip side, it's Good take. like we we Good take, Esther. We let pretty people get away with too much. Yes. Speaking oh, of pretty God. people, um, we did wanna hear a little bit of an update from your entrepreneurial endeavor, Sleepover by Esther. But Annie, yes. you had, hold on. Before, you had before we, we let you plug your brand, we have, Nick and I, every week, we discuss this, so your ears are probably burning. You're one of the most prolific, like, content creators, models of our time, it seems. Oh, like, yes. Week after week, you have, like, full glam. Like, <laughs> like you, like, well, like, you'll, you'll Bravo Real Housewives like, style. on a Wednesday at 11 a.m. hit us with a full beat. Like 1960s Penelope tree look. Contouring. And it's unclear okay. like whether this is for Instagram, is this for a movie, is this for a magazine? Like we want to understand like how these these photos come to be. The quarantine beats, explain. Okay, so I have decided like since stand-up comedy is my normal profession, it's and it's gone this year at least. And so is acting. I'm like putting a little more effort and energy into making my own content. And so whenever I do get, and also when I'm working, so the, what you're talking about specifically, I worked a day on this CBS Saturday morning science show starring Miranda Cosgrove and I got really great hair and makeup. And so after we we finished shooting. I pulled my friend Clayton Hawkins, amazing celebrity hairstylist to the side. And we're like, let's get glam pics for Instagram. So I've just been kind of like where normally I take for granted when I have glam. Now I'm kind of like, oh no, this is like an event and I need to document it. And it's like actually take pictures and put effort into that. That's that awesome. Sense. Yeah. And it's creative. Yeah. It seems like you're not just doing basic. It's not like a basic Kardashian contour. You're doing like a, they're like references. We're trying. We're trying. Um, we had, you know, butterflies in my hair. We, we're doing weird things. But so Sleepover by Esther, big update. We're like basically a week. Well, when this comes out, we'll be like three to four days away from launching the factory version, which is like the new and improved. So for people who don't know, Sleepover by Esther is my luxury comfort wear line that's focused on tie dyes. And everything is hand cut and sewn in Los Angeles, hand dyed in LA. And I work with directly with a factory that I've been driving to all throughout quarantine and having meetings at. And 
testing fabrics and, and colors and stuff. And it's actually, they work with some of the biggest brands in streetwear. So it's a very cool high-end factory and I'm very lucky to work with them. And yeah, it's just going to be, our tagline is 24 hour basement wear. So it's like luxe, comfy clothes that you should wear in your parents' basement. What I love about it is that it's not typical tie-dye. It's not like that spiral tie-dye that's like super bright that that looks cheesy. It's almost yeah. like you've developed your own kind of like muddled, modeled technique that is much more subtle and kind of like you, you can be an adult and you can wear it. Yeah. And that's kind of my thing is tie-dye is so played out right now, especially. And like, I've, I feel like we've seen the rainbow spiral and the like pastel pink blotted blotchy crumpled sweatpants. And like, so what I'm focusing on doing is stuff that you haven't seen and it, it's each piece is kind of based on something. So one of my, the piece I'm most excited for, which is launching next week is the 1970s basement blanket, which is a piece that's like basically modeled after a crocheted, like brown shaded blanket that like you found in your grandma's basement. So I'm trying to have everything be meaningful and it just, it's all like handmade art that you can wear. And do you do each piece? No. So I basically, I got to a point where I was not able on my own to make these designs look as good as I had imagined them in my head. So that's why I work with a a factory and a dye house. And like, it gets pretty pricey, but like I'll run a bunch of dye tests with the dye house and try to, until we get it exactly right. But yeah, can, so I don't. Can I, I ask you, a, like, a, for a glimpse inside the tie dye industry, is it as tough to break into as the tin fish one? Well, you know, they're different, I feel like, because it's pretty hard to get a factory in LA and a dye house to, like, take your calls. If I'm being honest, it's pretty hard. I fortunately had, like, some good relationships in the fashion industry, especially, like, local L.A. fashion industry, like, clothes that are made here in L.A. So I was able to kind of get in with them. But it's really expensive. And most clothes, as you guys know, they're not made in the USA. Like, they're outsourced. They're made really, really cheap in different countries. And so it's a really big deal to make apparel here in L.A. And, you know, the fabric is sourced locally. It's, like, good for the community. And it's just... Yeah, it makes things pricier, which is what I'm learning as I go, which is a little frustrating. But I'm, I'm also, I feel good about it and I'm able to be like hands-on at the factory. I'm obsessed with these. Yeah, They're like heirloom pieces. Yeah. Passed out. They, and they look, did you do any other treatment to them to make them look a little bit more vintage? We did a treatment. There's like this, this enzyme. I don't even know what it is. Like a silicone enzyme treatment that we do to all our fabrics so that it's hyper, hyper soft. That's I'm, awesome. I'm a lazy baby and I need everything to be soft and cozy. So everything will be, the fabrics will be treated to be soft. Oh, that's, so it's Esther not. Esther yeah, knows her comfy clothes. Yeah. I've literally <laughs> never once seen her not wearing sweatpants. It's true. So this is a true sweatpants expert we're yeah. talking to. This woman knows her stuff. And it's at <laughs> sleepoverbyester.com. Yes. And I'm doing the most of the the business via text. So everything when I did it over the summer sold out really fast. So basically if you sign up to my like text message system, <laughs> you will be the first to know. So you just have to text the word sleepover to 847-648-9098 or follow sleepover by Esther on Instagram. And that information's all there. And glowing up is your podcast. It is much funnier and more popular than ours. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> 
it's such a shit show. <laughs> but it's like a fun, it's a fun shit show people are obsessed with. We appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with us. It's been a pleasure. Oh, how did the week? Oh, we have to do product of the week. Oh, Oh, let's we'll do it. We'll do a rapid fire product of the week because this has been a marathon of talking. You guys go first. I'm going to say tin fish. I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a go. Yes. Annie. Fishwife. I mean, that's not going to be fishwife, but it'll be whatever's down the street. And it'll it'll prep me to have my mind blown by fishwife when it when it comes out. December 2nd, right? Yeah. December 2nd. Got a couple products coming out. Fishwife.com. Eatfishwife.com. At Fishwife on Instagram. My product of the week is Sleepover by Esther, of course. <laughs> Disgusting. Mean, you know, you knew it was coming. I'm a fan of everything Esther does, particularly her luxury loungewear. Okay, mine is the necessary body lotion. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I, I was just putting it on my hands and it, I'm like, what do they do to this thing? Like, why are my hands so smooth after? And then I'll give another one that's not promo is the Charlotte Tilbury. I talked about this on our episode of Blowing Up that you guys did. But those fucking Charlotte Tilbury eye chameleon pencils that are made for your eye shade. Or I'm addicted to them. They make me feel prettier than anything else. I'm just giving them a shout out. Nick, you have to do something that like promotes me in some way, even though I don't have okay. a brand. <laughs> oh, well, I did have a product of the week, which is sort of a hack. I mean, sometimes I've been known to give like Etsy as a product of the week, even though it's sort of stating the obvious. My product of the week this week was going to be the New York Times cooking app. If you're like me and you got it really so deep good. into cooking this is a hack so you don't have to buy every cookbook because basically whenever like an author is promoting their new cookbook, they'll do a recipe for the New York Times. Like they'll do the best recipe that they're famous for for the New York Times. It gets archived on the New York Times cooking website. And then, you know, I'm not going to explain how website to app work, but you get it on the New York Times app. I've made General Sow's chicken from it recently. I've made this everything in the kitchen soup from it and everything turns out amazingly and you have to read the comments. The comments are some of the best in the biz. And there's actually an Instagram account dedicated to New York Times cooking app comments. Mm. What? Um, Yeah, which is a a must follow. I I second this. I love this app. It's at NY Times cooking comments. Does it cost money, the app? You have to be a New York Times subscriber. Yeah, if you're a New York Times subscriber. Just oh. use Dave's Esther. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is amazing. And my other product of the week is Annie, who um, was the last guest to stay in our in our guest room and will always be remembered as as that because we just converted it into a nursery. Aww. Yeah. Sweet. Baby Axelrod Welk coming spring 2021. Dropping, That's going to be dropping my March product of 2021. the week. Okay, so that's it for this week's very special episode of Eyewitness Beauty. Hope you had a beautiful Thanksgiving and are getting all the good Black Friday deals. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at eyewitnessbeauty or you can write to us at hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Remember to send in your gift. Like your difficult to difficult to buy gift, for. Gift questions gift, for gift the people wanters. you're gifting to. Gift getters. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamine Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our art is by Simon Abronowitz and our theme music is by the very talented Danny Prezant. 
Research assistance is provided by Alicia Bansall. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode, so we'll talk to you then. Bye for now. So long. So long.